Hello and welcome to Wrestle Opinionated. This is our weekly show all about the great shows of AEW Wrestling. We are your hosts. I am Morg and this is... Supreme Silver Fox, Matthew Strange. Oh, I uh, like the new one. <laughs> How have you I'm been this week? Up. <laughs> yeah, good man. Um, weird, once again, because obviously time has become a different concept uh, with how we're all living now. Let's be honest. Like, I think I drank for like four days in a row and that wasn't a problem. Um, otherwise, I've been playing a crazy OSINT game of like track down this location from a picture with no clues in. That's pretty cool. I've learned a lot about random places in the world and located the Cheers bar from a picture of a man on a horse. That's That's <laughs> been... It's weird, I know, but it's kind of cool. I feel a bit like a spy. What have you been up to? Um, still playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> <laughs> fine. We, we got to what we think is the final boss last night, and that is one hell of a fight. Uh, and uh, I will be redoing Destroyed Space Mum. Um, no, no, no. It goes. It's it's the next one after that. Um, and I didn't play it. <laughs> yeah, and also restarted Oblivion. Other than that, watching a lot of wrestling. So much wrestling. There's been but, so um, much wrestling. <laughs> a lot of AEW wrestling. I've not been watching much else. Um, um, good week for AEW. Let's be honest. Uh, strong, strong showing yeah. all round. I think yes. I, I thought this was a good week. Um, but yes. Uh, so. AEW news and news in general, and we've actually got a couple of pieces. Exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, first piece is a piece I found, which is Cody has applied for the trademark on the name Cody Rhodes. Um, I really want to own my own name. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, WWE had the trademark. Um, they had it for 10 years. They got a warning saying, do you want to renew this trademark? Um. And I'm guessing they've said no. Cody's applied so he can put it on hats, sweatshirts, T-shirts, socks. <laughs> I mean, I want some Cody Rhodes socks, don't you? Uh, to be honest, a pair of socks with his his nightmare logo, I can I can I can go with that. I mean, I can't. I, I was going to be facetious, but I do own a pair of uh, Goku uh, Turtle School socks so uh, any argument i could make would be hypocritical now i think about uh, it i i have so many socks with superheroes on it's unreal so yeah i can't really i actually really need Woo! to wrestling socks <laughs> <laughs> we yes. have to be in or we're hypocrites <laughs> um and i believe you've got news as well yeah so we've got a uh, aew or apparently to resume tapings as of uh, or live tapings uh, as of the 6th of may Turns out that uh, they saw the uh, loophole that you know Vince very nicely bribed them for. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's not slander or libel, I hope. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think their plan is basically well, if if wrestling's legal to sort of film there, we'll just film it there. But, uh, so um, as long. I'm, like, I don't think AEW will put its uh, staff in any form of risk. I think they're very keen on, like, if you look at all the people who are in the crowd and stuff, they're all, like, family groups. Like, Kip and the British Heels all live together. The best friends all live together. Uh, you know, we're getting clusters of people, so they're not, you know, diversifying outside. And I suppose most of them live in giant mansion areas where they don't need to. Uh... This is an assumption. Most wrestlers don't earn a lot of money. So, yeah, they'll be safe. So uh, we will... Um... 
hopefully get a bit more of advancing on some of the storylines and stuff. I just hope they uh, don't go full WWE and basically, you know, shout, fuck you if you don't want to work in plague times. Uh, yeah. And in other news, Diona <laughs> <laughs> uh, Perazzo, uh, so put a bit of a, a roll on that one there at the end, Perazzo. I, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm sorry. Uh, said in an interview she wants to go to AEW. Um, I don't really know who she is. We had a little bit of an exchange to discover she is the virtuosa. You'd know more, but... Um... Um, yeah, I vaguely remember her being in NXT for a short while. Um, she came in... I just She was okay. She was good, if I remember correctly. Um, she didn't... Wasn't somebody I had enough time to get to know, and she came in as a heel. And unless you are an exceptional heel, like when Rhea came in and was exceptional, <laughs> and Shayna Baszler came in and was exceptional as a heel, you don't grab my attention in the same way as you do if you're a really top quality babyface. Um, so that's no slight on her. That's just what we, you haven't seen her at her best. Yeah, that's and that's just what grabs my attention. Um, but yeah, I remember her being any more skilled good. women. Good, in all honesty. Any, let, let's be honest. They they need more women and they need more solid women's matches. He says with mostly positive reviews of women's matches this week. Be uh, discussed yeah. in the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So all in all, um, an interesting week. I'm a little concerned about this going to tape live. Um, I'm hoping what they're, they're not going to go to live tapings and they're just going to do as in it, it's just come out in the news incorrectly and what they're actually doing is taping up until again. Yeah, I'm going to have to see uh, my um, corporate judgment scale is pretty high as a human, as uh, you're, you're probably aware of from some of my several rants about don't mm. buy from big companies, etc., uh, and uh, one of the reasons I don't watch WWE is because I think there's a lot of moral bankruptcy going on there that I don't want to help fund my little anarchist corner. Uh, so I'm going to have to like watch this properly closely. I'm going to be like, go anti-corporate strange, observe the morals of uh, A-dubs. Because I know Cody got a little bit of internet heat for liking a tweet that was basically pro-Republican. Because, you mm. know, not, not, hardly any wrestlers are Republican, are they? Mm, none of them <laughs> i think i think one of the problems is is that AEW have um very much garnered a feeling of being very aggressive yeah being progressive is a good i don't want to say democrat because i don't think they've sat in a political um chosen a political side um but yeah for being progressive you and... can be a progressive democrat a uh, republican person like i've got no political yes. views i want to throw out but you know if you if you want to be like a moral ethical capitalist yeah fucking great it's if it works and it's making the upper echelons better then fuck it uh, and yeah. welcome to our politics podcast my name yeah Matthew so Strange. let's let's get back on to uh, wrestling and i believe um it is that time to choose the twitter of the week and well, over on. to you. <laughs> Why it has to be the murder hawk monster Lance Archer? Um, <laughs> yes, or specifically a tweet he sent. Or uh, I've been robbed, by the way. I'm gonna, this is going to build into this now. 
So um, I'm not good at Twitter, and I'm our assigned Twitter guy because I can't do any of the other technological stuff. So uh, I tweeted out a, a thought I think uh, anybody who watches AEW would agree with, that there's nothing in life I want to see more than Lance Archer versus Wardlow in a man-throwing contest. <laughs> because fuck can they throw people far. Um, that, was, uh, that was robbed. That, that, that is currently a poll on uh, on the AWTNT. Um, that they're uh, uh, who you know, who would win in a, a man tossing contest, Lance or uh, did, did Lance. they did, did they not have the decency to like our original tweet about this? No, I've been robbed, and the fact they called it a man tossing contest does not work well in the British uh, dialogue, does it? Uh, uh, no, that doesn't. <laughs> Um, anyway, the one Lance responded to us with, so I had to go off that. That <laughs> happened just before I came on. I was like, "You sons of bitches! You've stolen my uh, my hilarious tweet." A gimmick infringement. Uh, gimmick infringement. Yeah. So, uh, good old Lance Archer. Uh, I found a comic of uh, from uh, Extra Fabulous Comics, brilliant little set of comics. They've got things on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. I'm a personal fan of them. Of uh, Somebody speaking to God and going, uh, and he's like, everybody dies except for Sean. And then there's just a guy screaming Sean with a knife in his head, just going, Sean! So I, so I sent that to Lance Archer. We're like, yo, Lance Archer, don't fight uh, Sean Spears. Obviously my uh, love. And uh, he tweeted back with uh, a Keenan and Kel gif of all things of, uh, guess what? Everybody dies. And I was like, oh, my God, Lance Archer has responded to me. <laughs> Now, I don't know if, you know, I'm not going to say super famous, you know, uh, if uh, celebrity wrestlers uh, tweeting back to people uh, was a thing, like, because I was like, wow, a response from a celebrity. And I'm not a big celebrity guy, just kind of cool. So I plowed into the Murderhawks uh, Twitter account, at Lance Hoyt. Um, and yeah, he's always responding to his fans. Like, he's really solid, lots of uh, Everybody Dies gifts. Uh, he'll comment in response to people making jokes about him on AEW things. Uh, but he had a really respectful uh, conversation with Kevin Nash, which is a difficult thing to have because uh, as much as I have respect for the big sexy, uh, he's, uh, he's a little bit antagonistic, is the Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash accused Lance of um, not being able to pull off his finisher on um, anyone bigger than Marco Stunt after his debut. So Lance was like, all right, just wait and see. And then it's just sent him loads of gifts of just him pulling off his fucking over-the-top powerbomb murder finisher, which name I really should know. And then uh, Kevin Nash was like, oh, fair play. And they had like, like a nice friendly discussion on the internet, which is really fucking rare amongst wrestlers. Um, and he's always sending like reaffirming tw uh, tweets to Jake the Snake whenever he's having a bad day. Because obviously Jake has bad days. Man's got a lot of issues. And I hope he's doing well. He's got a strong gift game. Gifts everywhere. Really nice. Uh, he is very Christian. I don't know if, if that's an issue for people, not an issue for me, but he's always like, God bless and God is good. And, you know, like a proper wholesome Christian who happens to be a like six foot six hyper murder machine. Loads of videos and bits of him of here's me in Japan doing some cool and violent shit. If you actually want to learn a bit more about him, because his career began in TNA. Back, you know, when TNA was before it collapsed and then, and then rebirth uh, his finisher is the blackout 
That's the badger. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just him doing like the uh, the blackout on uh, Bad Luck Farley, who's uh, like four hundred pound man and stuff. So yeah, he's really active. He's really friendly. Uh, loads of like actual wrestling footage and they're very respectful it's it's kind of like a nice place to visit if i'm completely honest in between the threat uh, the, the occasional messages of i'm gonna murder you and prepare to die to other wrestlers and stuff don't get me wrong but yeah uh follow lance archer or at least give him a look he's a good lad I'm learning twitter i'm becoming a twitter person also <laughs> though uh with uh, the adubs uh, live shows if you can watch dynamite uh obviously over here it's pretty late but what is time anymore if i'm completely honest with you um they've had loads of like live tweet alongs it started like three weeks ago and they had some sort of tweet along and win a prize or something i didn't really notice because i wasn't really you know wasn't really paying that much attention but then they did it again with uh last week it was uh well the week before the one we've just watched it was uh sean spears will respond to your tweets from ringside and so that was all a bunch of different things going on. Last week, well, the one we've just watched was win one of Cody's weight belts. Uh, Jericho's been tying in with a bunch of stuff, like get to contribute to that fucking stupid dance thing. Uh, so, yeah, uh, AEW's Twitter, uh, especially if you're actually about when it's live, uh, really good. You can win stuff, get to chat with some of the wrestlers. Like, really good social media communication work in this time of no communication amongst humans so that's me on twitter this week but now that's excellent um i'm getting better at this i, I I'm, yes. I'm now like writing out i've learned what people do on twitter so it's not just me going this man funny <laughs> <laughs> cookie is funny though uh so what's next so on to our week in review um Oof. and yeah. Uh, so uh, we said we'd start off with this BTE 200. Uh, the whole episode pretty much was uh, Matt versus Nick with a false count anywhere. Uh, Matt wins with an elbow drop from the decking, and I believe we're going to give it a score. Yes, I am. Um, when oh, I originally. You know what we've missed? Oh, it's my tier list, isn't it? We are right. So we're going to have to take a pause because we've actually missed a piece here. Because this might be your first episode, and <laughs> therefore you won't necessarily know our tier list. So we will quickly jump in, and Mr. Strange will explain our tier list. Okay, so rank matches. Tier lists, quite well known uh, in certain YouTube channels and uh, weebs, and uh, people like Japanese games like Resident Evil. Obviously, based on a uh, school system originally, it goes from D up to S. Uh, basically, from terrible to fucking super, superb. Woo! So a D match is a match I have not had a very good time enjoying. I'm going to compare things this week to horror films that I like. Uh, it was going to be survival horrors, but there were too fucking many of those games. So in D, we've got something which is uh, just you know generally uninspiring. You haven't had a good time. Your time could have been spent better in any other way. So that's basically any horror film about a nun. Nobody really enjoys a horror film about a nun or can say it was good. Even if you enjoy it, you can't say it was good. C, C is your solid good time. You've watched the match. The moves have gone off well. There's enough story, but you know, you're not really mind blown. What you should expect. Uh, for my C, I've given it... Uh, 
Now, this is a personal favourite film of mine, but I appreciate it's not the best horror film. I've gone with Evil Dead 2. Hilarious, gory, not, not particularly scary on the horror film uh, scale. Good film, but no, not many people are listing it as their best film, except in a comedy cult classic way. B, something that does things well. Something which takes it above that mark where you go, oh, that was a good match. And I've gone with comparing it to Aliens, not the original Alien, Aliens. Because although Alien is a phenomenal film and I really enjoy it, not the best horror film. You're not really getting that horror feel except in certain moments. It's more of an, an action thing, but that action dialogue banter takes it up to being just above that average film you could watch. A, A, you've got something which excels. Either the wrestling is perfect, the storytelling is amazing, but the match should still be good. The other side still needs to carry it. You need that combination of story to skill, but we want something more. We want it to really shine in all aspects. And I've gone with the horror film, The Witch, a film I wasn't actually that keen of at the ending, but I have to give it credit. It's got a lot of fucking tension and a... Uh, a lot of cool horror in it, even if the ending costs it from being an S-rank film. S-rank is the perfect film, the perfect match. You've got your story. You've got your fantastic wrestling. You don't look at anything else from start to finish. Everything is beautiful. You can look at it again objectively and you go, yes, that was art. And there's only really one S-rank horror film for me in my mind, and that's The Thing. Fantastic film with pacing, story, practical effects, and Kurt Russell. So that's my uh, breakdown for how to rank things this week. <laughs> right. Now, back to... Back, back to, to our, Back to our scheduled programming. Yes. Um, Matt versus Nick. False count anywhere. Matt wins with an elbow drop from the decking. What did you think of the match and what score did you give it? Okay. So um, when I originally watched this, I was like, I'm not going to make notes. I'll just enjoy it and we'll naturally flow with it. But then it's been a, you know... A little while and a few days of drinking, so I actually rewatched it this morning, and uh, yeah, I've got a full page of notes on it. <laughs> um, so here we are. Uh, any meta joke I love. So Matt's entrance with the fucking money gun, <laughs> somebody throwing money, uh, made me piss. Um, selection of meta jokes, obviously throughout, but uh, yeah, I enjoy that. There were a lot of times I went oof in this because i've been bumped onto a ring lightly and i was watching people being actually bumped into concrete grass you know all manner of things and i mean they must have been hurting each other uh the um, environment use sorry go on i just gonna say yeah most of the way through this was the raptor was just like don't kill him please <laughs> you know uh, the use of the environment. We had wall flips. We had uh, running and kicking up off walls. We had people knocked into sofas. We had a flip over a uh, tennis net. That's the word for a lot of string tied together. The golf cart bit, brilliant. Uh, notice how nobody lied down for like nearly 10 seconds whenever they were hit. And they used their environment as they went around a location in a... Uh, no rules match. Not comparing this to any other matches that have been long and with no rules recently. No, no none whatsoever. Uh, did you notice there's a really good wrestling in the gym? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, uh, I, I, I did wonder. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. Nice, nice little use of environment. Some actual like wrestling and slams. I really enjoyed um, 
whichever of the book's wife it was closing the blinds so the kids couldn't see, which was unfair. I think I think it was Nick, I, which, but I'm making uh, assumption there. Anybody who closes the blinds before Amanda's five rolling northern uh, light suplexes is uh, is just not a humane person. Uh, then obviously it goes a little bit weirder. Don't gonna get me wrong. Uh, we had the swimming pool pin. Um, we had the jump off the roof onto the table where there was a bit of an awkward cut. I can't blame them for cutting that. You know, nobody's gonna actually jump off the roof through a table onto the ground when you don't, you know, really need to. Uh, these are my my small criticisms, by the way, because uh, you've got to get some in. Uh, the fucking teleporting with the merch freak magic to the uh, Shawn Michaels scene. Oh, the barbershop. Yeah, I thought of you. <laughs> that was just hilarious. Uh, the fake blood could have been better, uh, but that's a, a LARP of criticism because I'm quite good at making fake blood. Uh, the editing, as I said, started to suffer a little bit towards the end. The uh, bumping on the decks, the obvious shovel hit not hitting. I'm, I'm being judgmental, you know. These are things I noticed. I think the uh, the last few minutes of the match weren't as strong as the beginning of the match, basically. But the sorry with I love you text made me fucking piss, though. Oh, that was yeah. hilarious. Um, I think I would have preferred a cooler end, like a cooler, I don't know, a bit more book spot monkey, uh, spot monkey end. And so for the overall match, when I was looking at this, I was like, it's good. I'm having a good time and it's really fun. Is the match worthy of an S compared to, let's be honest, the Boneyard and the uh, Funhouse match? Yeah. And I was like, it's a really high A, but I'm not sure if the match on its own is quite an S. But then the episode went into that cut of just running through all the things they'd been through. And, you know, the build of AEW, which was part yeah. of like them thinking about things. And with that bit of like little, little heartwarming story catching like people might not have watched a lot of bte and if they and they did advertise this one they're like they watch this you get to see a little run up of the history so i think overall though i'd give the match like a high a for meta jokes and uh just things i'd enjoy the, the weaker ending brought it down from an s for me but then that little selection of cutscenes brought it back just a little an s-rated piece of this is what aw is and you know so who they are the match is an A. The show was an S. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're saying, because what we usually mention BTE and our plan has always been is should you watch this BTE? You and should. I would say yes. Yes, you, you really should. And they've given us another cliffhanger, which they better pay off this time. Yeah. I will not be happy. Because I want to know what the cliffhanger is. What There's that thing they've got to do. Oh. I'm not going to lie, I didn't see the last bit of the episode, so I've forgotten the cliffhanger. Um, there's them in the car. <laughs> I, I think it was just it was just after the um, the match. They both get in the car. Oh, yeah. Mm. Then, right, we've got that. Where are we going? Well, we've got that thing we've got to do. Um, so let's see mm. what that is. Um, so from there, from a strong um, BTE... Episode 200, we went to Dark, which had two matches. Um, what was your overall thought? We, as Dark, we normally just give it an overall. Uh, um, for those who don't know, by the way, because um, we may have some listeners who don't, and I, and I know uh, we've got a friend who's kind of considering getting into 
watching AW. Dark, you can watch for free on YouTube. That is what the show is. And that's why every Tuesday. Doing, you know, yeah, every Tuesday you can watch it. Um, so obviously, we normally end up watching it on a Wednesday, I think. Yeah, because it's late. Because Yeah, because it's late for us. Uh, yeah, so Dark, you can just watch on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, what was your overall thoughts on Dark this week? Um, yeah, actually, I've got I've got a couple of notes. Uh, Anna Jay versus Penelope. I'm glad Anna Jay's back. I like the Evil Magician. Uh, yeah, it was a solid match. Didn't blow my mind. Good, not not amazing. Uh, Interesting that Anna Jay was playing the face this time. Yeah, we can. Well, I suppose they're going to see where she lands because uh, she could go either way. And you know, Kip and Penelope are the solid heels. Yeah, uh, and I'll always big up uh, Kip. I really like that in um, Penelope's roles, Kip does exactly what Penelope does in his matches for her because it's a traditionally female role in uh, how you look at wrestling. You know, the woman comes out to help the man at the side of the ring by doing devious shit, and Kip is doing exactly the same stuff just in a sexy man wanker way, and I love it. So always thumbs up for that. A little bit of uh, egalitarianism, and also Kip always bumps for the ladies yeah, as well yeah, when they, they get want there. into gender they want yeah. it <laughs> when well when they get when they you know when he grabs them and they they kick him off and whatever he always sells as well which I, which yeah. always impresses me he doesn't he hasn't got to be a well, I'm not buff man <laughs> yeah I'm I'm not selling for her you know no. yeah, we know we know he doesn't have an issue because he sold for Riho in that match but yes <laughs> Uh, Joe Alonso versus Cody. Uh, I really like Joe Alonso. Uh, I think he's got loads of uh, potential, as they often say. Uh, I quite enjoy watching the character breakdown of Cody. Does look like he's going crazy, doesn't it? He was a lot more aggressive in this match. Yeah, um, that's, that's, and a lot. That's my main note: much more <laughs> aggressive Cody. Uh, yeah, like I was kind of, I've made notes about his body language being great. Like how at the end we was like properly seething, and then he just sort of clicked and put on his Cody smile. I was like, oh, oh, I hope this is meant to be intentional, really good acting because I'm loving it. Uh, and I like Cody different endings because um, it, it used to be Cody two entrances, but we've not had a full Cody entrance for a while. But you know, we've had uh, different submissions now, uh, different kinds of moves and stuff. Almost like he's trying to settle into a new finisher or something, and I'm enjoying that. I think that's that's quite good. Uh, overall, it, it was a solid C. I had a good time. The overall dark C, but, you know, nothing displeased me. All the wrestling was largely good, but nothing exceptional, shall we say? Yeah, I, I think they're still suffering from the problem of not having a. Again, though, props for having the um, the the wrestler. Did they have the wrestler crowd in this one? No, I don't know. No, they didn't in dark. No, that's yes, that was in my um, which I which is another thing that you know, obviously, it hurts it a little bit not having that crowd. Always so, will. Then we move on to dynamite. Um, so dynamite opened with a Cody video promo, um, Cody's secret lair. <laughs> yes, um, what did you think of the promo and did it merit a score? Um, I, I don't know. Like, I gave it a high score because I gave it an A as like a cinematic piece. But I'm, I, I kind of want to know where it goes because he's like in his secret, you know, high end gamer chair, given a Cody promo and Cody is great at doing all that. You know, he put over everybody and then did the but where am I? You know, what can I do? Blah, blah, blah sort of thing. Very cinematic. Like, I'm not quite sure where it 
like when it's a meeting with Brody Lee and his minions, it's like, you know, the third eye camera. And it's an active promo, like Jake, it's them sat in front of the camera talking to it. But this was like somewhere between. It was like an opening cutscene to a computer game. So although I enjoyed it, I'm not quite sure what di what cinematic direction we're going in AE dubs. Um, I mean, I'm I happy to <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that they're playing with ideas and at the moment we are, we're having a lot more video promos. Something which we didn't used to get before the current situation. They um and was something that I know before we started doing the podcast, we were both mildly critical of in that you know maybe some more of these or it may have been myself and I think it was me and you talked about it as well um could have done with some more um promos uh to get people over yeah and exactly I think, I think they're getting into because tna used to have the very fly on the wall thing which some people hated some people really liked i liked it because it the idea it came across it they or the way i received it was it came across to this idea that unlike the wwe promos when something happens backstage you'd have this well the cameraman's there why would you do that in front of the cameraman whereas the tna one gave that impression that it was they were being watched through the security cams yeah so stuff that like that would, or just luther it yeah luther it where, where they luther underground um, it's a tv show this is a tv show scene but Enjoy it was yourself. also yeah the commentators would never see the backstage bits yeah, exactly that did any of the wrestlers only you saw them um so yeah uh as a fan of babyface promos and I, i'm gonna say i think currently right now cody and I'm, I'm sure i've said this in other weeks but i don't know whether i've said it on the show or just generally i truly believe um that cody is the best babyface promo in wrestling right now for a baby face who can actually cut a baby face promo, I think he is streets ahead of everyone else. I um, mean, I've only really got uh, a dubs and uh, NJP dub to go on because uh, I, you know, I've not watched dub to be in ages. So, well, but yeah, yeah no, I, I'd say Cody is a better baby face promo than um, the most. Japanese wrestlers, but it's it's such a weird, you know, loss of language and different presentation. So yeah, I'm yes. with you from what I've seen anyway. Yeah, I mean, Kenny's a fairly good babyface promo, but Cody is just uh, just a really good. But anyway, yes, uh, from the Cody. I'm sorry, the score you gave it was gave yeah, it an A. Bit an weird, a. but an A. <laughs> so commentary uh, once again, Tony Schiavone and Jericho, and we have our crowd. One man um, crowd, uh, Austin Gunn and friends. Yeah, one man crowd, Austin Gunn and friends, because he is legendary. Um, so we had a Sammy Guevara video promo and a Darby Allen video promo. Did you, what did you think? Did you give them a score or were they just preset? Uh, I've got a couple of comments. The Sammy promo, I expected to be a bit more fun. Like, I'm not quite on board with more like serious, I'm going to kick some ass, Sammy. I think he, he needs that, oof, well, Goofy slash twat edge that makes him the young Jericho protege. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. But maybe that's just me. Uh, the Derby one uh, with the, the music, the, I got, the music just didn't quite fit to me. So, uh, so it felt a bit like a perfume or a Guinness advert this time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, here we are. Okay. 
Uh, oh, Sammy lost points because he did the belt action, and I fucking hate the belt hand action. There, where they put their hands around their waist and move it backwards yeah. and forwards. Like, I'm going to get the belt. I'm like, every time it just, I hate it. <laughs> That's only ever been cool once. And it was many years ago when it was the first time The Undertaker did it because it was almost a break from character. Okay. And that okay. Is, to me, that particular action has only ever been cool once. And it was I'm the good. first time Undertaker did it because it was such a a big thing because he, he just did it at the end of a match, not to the champion. Ooh. I'm glad you're here with your uh, historic knowledge. I, I, I remember that. Um, so then we had um, Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen in the TNT tournament match. And Darby wins with the Last Supper. What did you think of the match? And what score did you give it? It was a while to get that ladder in place, didn't it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he turned it over and everything. Uh, yeah, I had a good time. Uh I've made my normal note, which is uh, the nickname we gave Darby Allen after his first match with Cody uh, before we knew he was straight edge, which was Darby Allen, the indestructible crackhead. Uh, because he just gets, man, that guy, that kid's bumps. He's he's going to need to take a break before he gets older. He's going to have to have uh, like Jeff had a uh, Matt Hardy intervention where he stops him being a spot monkey. Uh, Darby, when he started going crazy, like the initial beating outside the ring, Air was all right. You know, it, it's, oof, this is scary. Look at this. And then when Darby went crazy, I was a lot more invested. Like the limb work, the submission work, some of the blows. It looked like a real hate fight. Like it had some proper fucking heart in it. Um, then when they were both bleeding, it was a uh, Darby nosebleed. And I think Sammy split his lip. Yeah. During I the think, fight. I, yes. Yeah. Um, I was like, so I was like, is this rough? Is this a bit of a shoot fight? Do they actually hate each other? Um, I think uh, they're just working stiff because you haven't yeah. got that crowd. They're, they're trying to add that. And they wanted to make this. They're doing a good job. And I think they're really trying to make this belt seem like it's important to them. Yeah, they which are. Which makes yeah, the belt important. Well, we needed that because I wasn't sold on it. Uh, I did make another shout out because Jericho is going to get Shug D over so much. He shits on him in every single show, and it's awesome. Uh, Jericho just working for the uh, the cat of the uh, indie restaurant in the crowd casually whilst he's there. Uh, the end sequence had a really nice set of counter sequences and stuff, which was really cool. You can tell they're uh, really good together. Uh, I think I was just like a raw match. Was probably a high B, but I was leaning towards an A with the story work and all the things that went in. Um, a high B, A. It was it was a really good match. Oh, I don't know if I've made that an A. Then maybe my match of the night needs to go up a rank. Oh no. Yeah, let's go with a high B, just because I I couldn't quite sell it on myself. I think it started a bit awkwardly. Yeah, and uh, and breaks have been fucking hurting every match this time. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, the breaks um, seem to come really badly placed um well so we kept an eye on them right so, um in case you you don't watch dynamite we both uh, myself and strange we watch it on fight tv and normally on fight tv they don't have a break during the, the, occasionally they will have a break um obviously they have a lot on tnt because television has a lot of ad breaks um and normally what happens is the commentators the match continues and we get to see so if you get um, if you do watch uh, AEW on uh, Fight TV, you get more, and you rarely get the breaks. Um, obviously, 
what they're doing is because it's pre-taped we get um, all the breaks we get all the breaks and then the but the nice thing is the match just starts from where it left off pretty much there isn't a whole section in the middle that we're not getting to see which is what normally happens on um when you watch wrestling uh normally unless you're watching it on fight where they do they just continue i may not have explained that very well at all um we now have yeah. more adverts because it's the tv version not the fight yeah. version yeah and boy do they come at bad times but just... they do but that I, th I think that just shows you how they come at bad times if we were watching it on normal oh, television on american tv yeah that'd be awful uh, i've not checked up the itv reviews i know that people complained about that being weirdly censored or something when it first comes out just just watch it on fight who watches terrestrial television now anyway yeah i mean it's like what four four quid a month um yeah to watch aw and you're supporting aw which if you enjoy them um should which is the yeah it's the reason we bought it rather than even watching it on um, ITV, where we could have watched it on our normal terrestrial television. We could have watched it on um, the internet on ITV, I, um, whatever their TV player is. But yeah, we just just got the Fight TV. We can watch it as soon as it comes out. It's easier to get pay-per-views as well, because you just throw money at a fight, and then you've got the pay-per-view. And you can watch yeah. the NJP Dubpayer pay-per-views, which oh. I will recommend at a different time. Yeah, oh, they've well, got them on there. Oh, I remember that one. Uh, yes, Cook the so, G1. Um, let's get so, <laughs> back yeah, to A dubs. Got, yeah. Uh, so high B. Uh, yeah, high B. Yeah, I, I think I completely agree. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, I think Sammy and um, Darby have got a lot of chemistry together. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I can see, like, so if you go back to the the Attitude Era and you watch the rise of Triple H, Stone Cold, and The Rock, the three of them kind of I, th I think Austin was just ahead of the other two, but he still was in some of those mid-card feuds. Or yeah, Austin on their way was up. about stomping anyone. Yeah, um, on their way up. Um, and I think you can see that. I think Darby and Sammy are future. Um, yeah. Certainly lower top card. Um, I think Darby will they, go all the way to the top at some point. Yeah, they've got, I wouldn't surprise me if Sammy does. Um, so anyway... After that, we had a Matt Hardy promo, uh, which was a double promo uh, with half of it from Broken Matt and then the other half where Matt sort of shot the promo as himself, as the entity Matt. Matt, the vessel, Matt Hardy. What did you think of the promo and what score did you give it? Uh, hilarious. I, I love the meta jokes, uh, which I you know, comment on all the time. Uh, calling Sammy Guevara Samuel, you know, Spanish jokes, false deity, etc. Uh, the fact he was aware, Hardy, kind of confused me a little bit. Um, just because of settling into canonity, basically. Where is the story? Uh, but I suppose if he can unpossess himself, then, you know, fair cop. Um... I gave it a B. It was a bit long. It wasn't the best of Matt Hardy. I wasn't too sure on the flip. Like, I had a good time. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, a B. It was funny. Just a little not as consistent as some of the other bullshit. Basically, comedy I, gold. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I liked that we had a silly Broken Matt. I mean, obviously, they're quite limited to what they can do with Broken Matt at the minute. Um, so... I think the idea of the the entity Damascus going, 
leaving the vessel, which is, I think, how he can unpossess himself. I think that the entity lets the vessel speak. Um, I thought that Matt's promo was really good. Um, wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't an Austin 316 promo. It wasn't going to change the world. Um, it wasn't the pipe bomb, but I thought it was a good, solid promo. Yeah, it was yeah. strong. I think, I think to... I'm, I'm with you on that score again. Awesome. It was, I mean, um, like, we've got a lot of Bs, but B is good. This has been a really yeah. good episode. Yeah. Um, then we had Taz discussing ten Kenny Omega's moves in a video promo. It was okay. Didn't like it. Yeah. Do you remember I... when we first discussed these and I said I thought he were, they were like comedy scenes because of his Crayola, Crayola pencil and how he was doing things? Yeah. When it's actually done with, uh, like, proper graphic analyticals and stuff, I've... I've no longer could I just see Taz drawing like wax crayon lines and things are going, yeah, look at the arch on this. So now, now it's not comedy. It's kind of ruined for me. Um, yeah, they're just playing into Taz's old shoot fight gimmick from yeah, his fair. ECW days. Um, yeah, it was all right. I, I think I wrote caught up on my notes during it. Yeah, nothing special. I didn't grade it. I was just like, oh, this is a moment. It's not really for me. Maybe other people will enjoy it. Um, yeah. Um, it, it plays into their more sports-oriented show. Um, Which is a bit weird when you've also got, in the previous scene, a man's uh, possessing spirit left his body so they could speak to the wrestler underneath. Yes. I mean, <laughs> just saying. Um so after that, we had Alan Angels versus Kenny Omega, and then Kenny wins with the V-Trigger. What did you think of the match, and what score did you give it? So obviously, when I looked at the card for this, uh, for this event, I was like, oh no, we're going to have another run of shit squash matches. And when this came out, I, I just wrote down, some guy versus Kenny. Uh, my top comment is, uh, F's in the chat. Then it was just like, oh, he's he's doing better than I thought he would, isn't he? Oh, that that back jump onto Kenny's knees, though. Oh, uh, you know, uh, just the guy was really good. There was loads of really good slams. Uh, it, it was not what I was expecting. I had a great match. I made sure I learned the name Alan Angels because. Uh, brilliant uh, the the little apron pull when uh, kenny was stood on it was just such a really cool move there's loads of really cool moves loads of good technical wrestling loads of good high speed stuff um i don't think kenny looked weak at all like some people on the uh, internet's after complained that why kenny takes so long to fight random guy he best in world and i was like this guy looks fucking strong as fuck with his techniques and kenny still looks fucking badass like at the end where he just dead lifted him up, held him there, then slowly pulled him up into the power palm position. I was like, fuck, Kenny, be strong. Uh, yeah, it blew all my expectations. I had a great time. Uh, I gave it a B just on solid wrestling. If that guy had had like a promo package before to sell him as like from the badass area of fuck knows where, um, and there'd been a little bit of story, that could have very possibly been an A. I thought it was wicked. I hope to see more Alan Angels. Um, yeah, I can't believe that the internet sort of backlash like that. It's it's basic Ric Flair. Um, one of the reasons that I, I may have mentioned this before, and I know sometimes I'm going to sound like a stuck record because there are certain tropes that I will always go to, but one of the reasons that Ric Flair 
was regarded as the greatest of all time or is regarded as the greatest of all time by the person I regard as the greatest of all time, <laughs> Shawn Michaels, um, is because Ric Flair used to go around and make his opponents look great. So then when he beat them, he'd beaten somebody. He didn't make them look like a chump because then he just beat a chump. Exactly that. Um, and that's what Kenny did. It was it's fucking wicked. Say, yeah, why it take Kenny time to beat this random guy? Well, this random guy was better. Kenny made him look better. Therefore, when Kenny beat him, Kenny beat someone. And this random guy now... Now, as long as they don't throw him at um, Brody Lee next week to get squashed... Uh, to get destroyed. Yeah, um... That guy, I would be throwing him against someone like Cody or um, Matt or Nick. Um, I don't, you know, I'm I'm trying to remember who the bait or Colt. Um, I'm trying to remember who the baby faces are. There, it gets a bit confusing when they keep switching baby face heel for the yeah. Um, I, I appreciate we watch it and we just sit there before and go, oh right, so they're playing heel or they're playing face this week. But uh, you know, I, I'd quite like to see that match was so good. You've you've built a guy there. Yeah, no. Um, a lot yeah. of the complaints I think for about why did it take any to uh, so long comes from one of two crowds of people. One is the old NJPW people who want mega cleaner top of the card Kenny, which is you know Kenny said he doesn't want to do. He's done that. He you know, that's why he's enjoying the tag league, and they're 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 spiteful. Like oh now nobody knows who Kenny is. Sorry NJPW fans. Like I knew who Kenny Omega was. A few people are really into wrestling know who J uh, Kenny Omega was. But your average guy who was just watching like WWE didn't know Kenny Omega. He is he is no worse off than he would be in any other company. And WWE fans who are like, aha, your golden child has been fucked. Your company is terrible because, you know, that's what they like to do as well. Other AEW fans don't do that back in a variety of other ways. Everybody is terrible on the internet. <laughs> yes. Um, um, but yeah, no, I think it made Kenny look great. Like I, I, the strength he showed at the end, it made it made Alan Angels for me. Like I've been following him and looking him up and shit. So yeah, solid match. Possibly my match of the night. Okay. Um, so then we had a Scorpio Sky promo about his career, and it was the first half. Uh, what did you think of the promo? It was uplifting and heartwarming, and I hated it. Yeah. It, it was really well done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I hate this kind of stuff. It's good, though. You can have a B. <laughs> yeah. Like um, when you watch a film that's well made, but you don't like it, you know? Um, so then on to Jimmy Havoc versus Orange Cassidy with the best friends. And Orange Cassidy wins with a roll-up. What did you think of the match, and what score did you give it? Um, started off a bit, a uh, bit too one-sided for me. Uh, I mean, you got to see a lot of uh, Jimmy Havoc's personality. There was a lot of rough moving. I, I did kind of my look. One of my fourth thoughts was it's it's a bit squashy, and oh god, Orange Cassidy goes red, and then obviously Orange Cassidy. Know, flies in, pops up, hits that wicked pop-up spinny round DDT fucking thing he's got, does his drop kick, run to the top corner, tope, uh, run, which I hope he gets another uh, set of movesets because I've seen that exact combo follow twice now, but that's me being pedantic. Um, I enjoyed the interference section. I like the fact it wasn't just one side interfering, like the other people who were there actually got involved and there was a bit of back and forth. I like the fact that Orange uh, Cassidy has a fancy roll-up pin as a finisher. 
Uh, it didn't roll quite as smoothly as it could have the first time, but you know, it's it's nice to see a finisher which is a little bit different and a little bit out there. And a fancy a fancy pin combo is is actually quite nice from a technical wrestling sort of a uh, bit. Uh, it was sort of middling into a C with how it went, but they've built up the story. We're going to get another match from it. I had a good, good time. I love the best friend. So I gave it a B. A lot of yep. Bs this week. A lot yep. of Bs. I, 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 thought it, I thought it was fun. Uh, following that, we had an MJF promo. What did you think of this? Uh, I, I love uh, comedy heels. You know, I think I've gone. I think I love comedy heels as much as you love baby faces. Uh, I love the fact that so um, Excalibur has always, since he's known MJ, MJF in uh, the long run of indie shows from various whatever, he's called him MJF to anger him, and he and MJF hates it. And I love the fact he's called his fans his loyal MJFs. So that 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 was a nice little thing for me. Uh, a lot of insults, the silly hangnail injury, solid funny, a B, like, you know, we're not quite hitting some of the the top uh, comedy things we've seen, but for a man who's, you know, just got a record probably from his friend's house down the road, I'm guessing, because from what I've seen of MJF, he ain't that rich uh, in the game. You know, shoot, real. Yeah, non-kayfabe. So, yeah, yeah no... Funny, not that, not amazing, but yeah, a nice little thing. Remind us that MJF's going. He, he's great. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they, those are important. Those little reminders. So after that, we had Lee Johnson versus Wardlow, and Wardlow wins. Yeah, uh, returning Jobber versus Wardlow, as I uh, as I wrote down. Uh, <laughs> wrote down Wardlow squashes get a pass as long as he throws someone further than Archer. <laughs> Um, once again, this wasn't the worst squash match I've ever seen because uh, returning jobber man actually got a few moves in, like, yeah, we wiggled out some moves, did some counters and such like. I mean, they were all ineffective, but it wasn't just man goes through move set and wins. And fuck, how far can he throw a man? Those over, those release suplexes are just ludicrous. They're, they're well, hence why I tweeted Lance Archer with, I want you in a throwing contest against Wardlow, which was stolen from me by AEW. And that gorilla press into drop power slam looked fucking beautiful. It's probably the best squash match I've seen uh, in recent times, and I would possibly call it a crush match, but it's still a D. But it's, it's getting to near that point. If you throw a few more moves in that, and just a bit more, a little offensive for the other guy. It could have been a C. We were nearly there. We were nearly at a crush, not a squash. Squish, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> uh, after that was the Brody Lee promo. Um, I didn't notice any Vince McMahon references. I'm sure there were some. Um, um, what did you think? Oh God, I've not even really com oh it was the uh it's the guy who tagged i've learned more about this since my notes and i've not updated them it's the uh guy being recruited for the 10 number from his american football stuff isn't it uh, yes uh, um, that appears to be the guy who was one of the could be tag team partners for sean spears uh the one one of the taller one who was actually really quite good i think he abandoned in mid-match and the guy started fighting on his own and, all, and did really well hmm um so because there's been a bit of back and forth on twitter over that he's been announced 
Uh, yeah, I've, I've, my, my review just seems to be the two words of, yeah, it was all right. Uh, <laughs> it's nice to see them actually recruiting, and hopefully this can build up and getting some named people. He has given his minions uh, numbers like the Monarch in the Venture Brothers. I don't know if you've ever watched the Venture Brothers. I haven't. Uh, uh, you should. It's a uh, Adult Swim cartoon series. They're typical, you know, cynical bullshit. Um, but there's an evil villain called the Monarch who looks like James A.D. and has a butterfly theme, and all of his minions just have numbers. Uh, they're like, "Oh, come on, number ten and stuff like that." So, I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Uh, it was all right. Nothing mind blowing. Uh, after yeah. that, we had. Justin Law versus Brody Lee, and Brody wins with the discus clothesline. What did you give this match? I hope that kid's got a uh, slip to let him out of PE this week. <laughs> uh, the 12 year old versus Brody. The guy who couldn't sh beat Sean Spears up against our leading monster, Brody. Like, Brody's really impressive. Like, yeah, you can see it in him. He's athletic, he's long-limbed, he's strong, he's agile, but I just don't care. It, it, it was a lazy crush match, a lazy squash match, which uh, I gave a D to and will undoubtedly complain about later, shall we say. <laughs> yes. Um, then there was a very brief Best Friends promo, mainly to set up the match for next week, which I think was obvious after the end of the Orange Cassidy match which will be Best Friends versus Havoc and Kip. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get some little side on uh, intergender there. I think they're going to keep hinting at us. Yeah. Uh, I obviously love this. Uh, the metaness, the, what was it? Do I want to fight Penelope? Yeah. And I legally? No. I'll fight a boyfriend, I guess. Jimmy Havoc for some reason. <laughs> it properly made me laugh. Well, it's the best friends versus the housemates. Yeah, no. Uh, and they're all um, from the known indie traveling scene, like from Chikara through high spots things. So it should be really, really good with them together. Uh, and yeah, it's the uh, the housemates versus the best friends. It's the evil best friends versus the actual best friends. I gave it an A. I had a great time. Chucky T putting on his chains. <laughs> Trent. I just love how they're like, they seem to be jaded people who can't be bothered with wrestling. And I love that. It, it brings me so much fucking joy. You, you do realise there is going to be a point at some point soon where you know how we downgrade all squash matches automatically, no matter yeah. what. Just um, upgrade all best may, friends. I, I may, no, I may have to start overruling and downgrading all best friends promos. <laughs> 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 just just to keep them in line. So after that, we had an episode of The Bubbly Bunch, um, which I, I believe was a TikTok dance-off joke. I, I, I might be a bit old it. to get this. Yeah, me too. I think, I, I think we might not only be a bit too old, I think we might be a bit too British to get this. Uh, yes. We're a bit more you know, uh, jaded than, uh, than your average viewer, I'd say. I mean, people on Twitter seem to love it. Like, I had to do a check. I was like, is this shit, <laughs> basically? Yeah. And then loads of people on the internet were like, oh, I really like that, and I'm going to send in my video. So I, I had to give it a C, grudgingly, because although I loved it, if the public like it a lot, I, I, you know, I have to acknowledge some kind of... Uh, yeah, they know something we don't. Yeah, exactly. Um... Um, yeah, I didn't get it at all. <laughs> uh, so then it was a Dustin and Kip promo, quick video promo to set up the match. 
and which was Dustin versus Kip Sabian uh, in the round for the TNT tournament. And Dustin wins with the code red. What did you think of the match and what score did you give it? Well, um, first I'm going to criticise the promo work before this, because if you ever give me a, I'm going to retire if I lose this match, I instantly go, oh, you've won then. Yeah. If you win, I kind of go, Ugh. but if they lose, I'm like, ooh, like Cody with the I will never challenge for the title again thing. You know, that uh, when he lost, I was like, fuck. I didn't think uh, Dustin was going to lose. But to yeah, review the, the match. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, no, I thought it telegraphed it telegraphed the match too much. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because this wasn't something high. If this had been the final. Yeah. That it felt like different. false hype, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what you review of the match, sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, solid work, good. Kip's really agile. Penelope and Kip are great. There was limb work, which is nice. Tell a bit of story in the ring. Even if Dustin's knee does have varying injury levels, like even compared to wrestlers, like I expect wrestlers to like hop on one leg and bounce about and then, you know, do a run and flip off something, but then go, ooh. But Dustin's just seemed. Seemed really inconsistent to me. Um, otherwise, yeah, really good match. Solid, good storytelling. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad Brandy got to use her bionic shoulder because um, I really like Brandy, and I feel like Brandy's possibly cut herself back to a previous role she didn't want to be in just because of how badly the Nightmare Collective got fucking botched because it was mm. terrible. And I kind she of wanted. Go on. She's not great in the ring. She, um, oh, she could have learned. We said that about Brit at the start, and we've not seen uh, uh, yeah, Brandy there since then. I, I don't think. I think with her job, um, or the brand manager, etc. I don't think she's got time to put the. Whereas Brit is, yeah, you know, she yes, she's a dentist, but she's also she? a, she's a dentist and a wrestler, so she does put the time in all the time. Do you know what I mean? And she can go and practice very easily. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was nice to see uh Brandy doing something just because I think she deserves a little bit more credit than all the shit talking she got at the time. Um, yeah, it was a good match, just obvious. I still don't feel Dustin's destroyer, but I've criticized that enough. The wrestling was good enough to give it a B for me, and yeah, the little hype video before was good, so yeah, B. It, it, it wasn't the uh the finale to the show I would have liked, but you can't really have uh, Kenny versus some guy as the finish to your show, I suppose. No. Um, <laughs> Even I, though it was the best match. Um, quick thought. Would you have flipped these round then and had Dustin Kip as the opener, which would have still been a strong match and still scored a B, and had Sammy and Darby as the finisher? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, although I've ran them the same, I think... Uh, the two I had a bit lads. more hype, yeah, from the young lads. You know, I'm with you on that. That would have been a better one for me because pretty much every match is good in this, and yeah, you know, I even enjoyed uh, to a degree one of the squash matches. So didn't finish as well as it started. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing our overall score is a B. Yeah, shocking that, isn't it? Yeah, because there was <laughs> a lot of Bs B, in this B, this B. Everything was really good, like really entertaining. Just obviously you can't quite get into all the story arcs and stuff to or have all of your people who are best together uh, in these trying times. Yeah. So that's our review of the week. Now we move over to our questions and our emails. And guess what? 
got another question. We've had another email. Um, this is from Tom J. Recently discovered your podcast, really enjoyed your booking of Kurt Angle's retirement, which brings me to a booking question I'd like to pitch at you. Rusev seems like a great pickup for, AC, for AEW after recent WWE shenanigans. Not sure if you agree, but he seems like someone who in recent years had the talents to be a top guy only to be ruined by terrible WWE booking. So I guess the question is a two-parter. Do you think Rusev has what it takes to be a top guy in AEW? And how would you book him if he were picked up? Thanks for the show, Tom J. Thanks for the uh, mail, Tom. Uh, so I'm guessing I'm going to have to lead on this because I'm guessing you don't know Rusev that well. I can go in with the notes I've made and what I think, and you can correct me. I, yeah. I can give you the base facts I worked off. So I started on my notes with Rusev. What I know, uh, he's large. Yep. He's Bulgarian. And he's a yep. good guy with a hint of the goofy. Uh, yes. Um, I planned his first dig, because obviously everybody gets one free dig if you come from WWE. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, which is where I came from, took everything from me, even my wife. <laughs> I know about that terrible storyline. So uh, I'm going to start going, and you tell me, uh, you, you, you correct me in where you think a better thing would be. So I thought you'd bring him in as like a uh, mid-card face trying to find his place. He's got this good guy attitude. He's got this big guy build and he starts saving people from other heels. Not because he's like, you know, a superhero or whatever, just because it's the right thing to do. You know, when Ortiz and Santana do over pretty much any, they could be doing over Colt Cabana out of, you know, evil shenanigans and outruns Rusev to defend him. Not because he's like Colt Cabana's best friend, not because he hates the inner circle, just because that's the right thing to do. You don't let people get beat up. But this will give him a natural enemy. Somebody like, you know, a, 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 a true shitty heel, somebody like Kip or Havoc or somebody like that. Then, then they can have a bit of a feud. Um, oh, I forgot. To, but you build this up because uh, because you can have Kip going for the mid-card belt at the time. So Kip's uh, getting a position of power. But then these heels start beating up Rusev. Uh, <laughs> my last note was Kip has the belt somehow. <laughs> but, but when people start beating up Rusev, you know, well, when Jimmy Havoc and Penelope do over Kip in, uh, in, in the ring, random other faces come to help Rusev. Because over this, uh, these passing months, he's built up like, like a force of friends who know that he's this, this force for faces. You know what I mean? So mm. when he's finally overwhelmed as like this chonk beast face who's uh, standing up against Let's be honest, the, the significant number of heels in AEW. Yeah. Uh, slowly, one at a time, people come out to help him. And it, it's not like a, a stable. It's not a thing. It's just Rusev is a good guy who's helping the business. And then but, you can build him up to claiming this mid-card belt because when they try to outnumber him in the ring or do him in him backstage, he's saved by his own good deeds. Yeah, you go now because you know the character better. Yeah, um, no, I, I quite like that. Um, I uh, so uh, the first part of the question was to be: Do we think what it has what it takes to be a top guy yeah. in AEW? <laughs> um, so I'm always very worried about the TNA booking, where they used to bring somebody in who was an upper mid card during WWE, push them to the top, and then you'd go, "Oh well, I can see why he was an upper mid carder." Um, yeah. So 
Rusev, on the other hand, has had the potential for a long time. He's good in the ring. He's legitimately funny. Um, now, because of his size and obviously because he was not American, he was a heel for Vince, but because of his size and he's a big destroyer, um, he's another obvious heel. We've got a lot of big destroyer heels. Uh, so Yeah, we do. Uh, we've got a lot of them. So um, the way I would book him is sort of similar. Um, firstly, I, so do I think he has what it takes to be a top guy? That needs to be proved, but I think he has what it takes to be a lower top card guy. So a challenger to a heel world champion eventually. But before you do that, I agree with you. We go for the uh, TNT championship. The TNT championship is held by the murder hawk. The murder hawk, and he is oh, yeah, just point. destroying everyone. Absolutely everyone is getting destroyed by him. No one's coming near. We're talking six-month reign here. So he needs a six-month solid reign. Nobody can touch him. And you even get to the point where... So you can have that bit in the middle about three months in where the only monster baby face we have currently in AEW, uh, Luchasaurus, comes in and makes his challenge. And you can see there's a lot more back and forth there. Um, Obviously, uh, Darby is another one who has a good back and forth just because Darby will not die no matter what Lance does. But eventually... Indestructible crackhead. <laughs> yeah, he's indestructible, but Lance will eventually overcome him. Um, you can have a similar thing with Luchasaurus, like they've done before with Luchasaurus, where, you know, you've had the big guy versus the big guy. Um, and then... So you can get to this point where Jake the Snake can start doing the... You know, there is no one. There is absolutely no one who can stand against him. You might as well all just give up. This belt is just his. Um, obviously, a much better promo, a classic Jake promo. At which point, you hear some music that we've never heard before. And I don't know whether you bring out a manager to sort of say, well, I've got a guy. Or whether this music comes out and you over the top and you just have a silhouette, almost like old Jericho style, and you bring Rusev out just sort of like as this silhouette and he comes out not as this in anything other and it's a similar thing to you he comes out as the monster baby face yeah that's and what I want that's similar to you in that you play him as a good guy but you play him that he's he's legitimately funny and he's sharp um and so he had the gimmick, which was the Rusev Day, which was every day was Rusev Day, and it was a holiday, and that's what got, got over for him. And there was once a point when he's just in a conversation with someone, and someone goes, well, it's going to be this day, and he just turns around and goes, you can't make up your own holiday, bro. And it's <laughs> just... It, but it was, that was the cusp of, his, of him turning face, and you could feel that, you know... He so, looks facey. I'm sorry, it's he, not my Sean Spears issue. He looks like a face. He, yeah, and he he's quick and just amusing. And I would have him be the one to topple Lance Archer. That will put him in as a destructive. But you have him a destructive baby face um, because I like a monster baby face. It adds a lot. Uh, AEW use a lot of run-ins, and the ability to have that guy who can stand up to Wardlow, stand up to um, to different guys with that. Oh. I think a bit of age of the faces. Yeah, so I'm not entirely sure he's got what it takes to be the top guy yet, but I think he needs the chance to prove that he can be. I mean, but from I... my perspective, 
Uh, I'm going to just talk over you. Um, I don't care about, I've said this a few times, about people being at the top of the uh, winning streak. And for me, for me, being a top guy just means that I, can, I, I know you're a top guy. It's like when I watch Trent wrestle. I know Trent is a top tier wrestler, but his gimmick is being fun in the mid card. It's like how Jericho used to be back in the wrestling childhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you could be a top guy without needing to be at the top of the uh, overall card numbers thing. As long as you're getting your wins in, you have some good matches, you can occasionally eat a loss to one of the top ones. But if you're getting the attention and people, if you're if you're over, you're over. The, for me, that's a top guy in my mind. And I think if you if you're put into the uh, the mid card fun character story areas with a lot of character, and you can wrestle, you will be as over as anybody who's carrying that number one belt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like your idea probably better than mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because I forgot Lance Archer was probably going to likely win that belt, so I was like, for some reason, Kip's got the belts. <laughs> Shit, the facts. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I hope I hope we've answered your question. Um, thank you for writing in. Remember, please, please, please send please. us questions, send us ideas for discussion, send us things for us to rant about. I've just realized that I've skipped ahead of something here, but we'll have to go back to that now. We are wrestleopinionated at gmail.com. We are wrestleop1 on Twitter, and we are wrestleop on Facebook. Now, it is time for Mr. Strange to give us his rant of the week. I think it's time I covered this one because I shit on them an awful lot. Here is Matthew Strange's thoughts. My squash matches are shit. Now, when I say a squash match, I mean like three minutes of no offense. When I think of a squash match, I think everything we've seen Brody Lee do, slash most matches with Bork Lazar. They serve no purpose. You're watching the card and it's like, oh, cool. Here comes Jeff No Name versus the Unstoppable Man Mountain. Oh, boy. I wonder who's going to win. And it just makes no sense. Like AEW, WWE, they all do it. We have the best wrestlers in the world. No one wrestlers are like wrestlers at AEW slash WWE slash Smoky Mountain Wrestling are the biggest, buffest men in all of reality, except for this guy. We've brought out to fight the fucking brick wall. <laughs> it, it's like, it would be like trying to sell... Thor movie with fucking Chris Hemsworth at his most fucking henchist and you wheel out Pee Wee Herman and he's like go Thor so obviously he just fucking punches him into a bag of sand and it's over like it it, it doesn't make them look hard because you know they're gonna win you're not entertained by the match no one comes off roll from this just sell them with a fucking promo package he killed big like the Lance Archer ring thing and they give him a training montage or just just turn it into a match. Add four, uh, four minutes on. Give whoever's coming in a promo package. I suggested this earlier. Just be like, like what they did with Joe Cobb. Most people didn't know who Joe Cobb was. You knew who Joe Cobb was from uh, Lucha Underground. I knew him from NJPW. Average Western wrestling watcher. Not going to know Joe Cobb. But they did a, here's a him slamming people in Japan. He's got an Olympic uh, uh, medal. What a great guy. Just, you know, sh show them with some offense. Show them with something. 
bring him in. You know, maybe, maybe he's really skilled, but he just can't hit hard enough. Maybe he's got like all of the uh, moves and all of the skill, but but he just can't withstand the power of them. Have them bounce off. They almost did it with the Wardlow match. They almost did it with the Wardlow match. We had a couple of reversals, a couple of blows that he sold, uh, that he no sold. Cool. Just give me a few more minutes of that. Have the guy like he ate two fucking crossroads from Cody and, and got up. Have him get fucking annihilated. Hit him with a Death Valley driver and have him just sit up like the fucking Terminator. It doesn't matter. Otherwise, there's just no point. Um, you just just give me a video package of Wardlow fighting in a car park again to make him look hard, or the Lance Archer thing, or a training montage of him like you know benching like two hundred k or something. I'll shit my pants and go fuck. He looks really hard. Or make the match crazier. Bust out two jobbers at once. I'll watch uh, three times jobber and the 12-year-old in a match against Lance Archer. And then I'd think he's a bit harder. I'd be like, well, none of these guys are particularly hard. But he is fine two guys at the same time. I'd rather watch 10 minutes of Brody Lee versus two scrubs and just his highlight move reel just over and over. Uh, so he does uh, does the big booty thing. Done a big slammy thing. He's, he's thrown him into the corner. He's done another thing, and now he's he's done his finisher. Hooray! I mean, not even get to see Brody Lee do a hurricanrana. I know he can do a hurricanrana. You need somebody above like five foot nine for him to do a hurricanrana. On the man's a giant. The matches just don't get anyone over. The little guy just goes home and goes, "Well, I had my ass kicked today by a six foot six man with a beard," which is, in all honesty, what most of them are. Um, and the other guy's like. You know, it's, it, I don't want to watch. I mean, I'm not a boxing fan, but back in the day, I wouldn't want to have watched uh, Mike Tyson versus Jeff from the shops. You know, I'm not going to think Mike Tyson's a great boxer once he's annihilated a man. Just mix it up. You can do something else. Have a promo beating people up. Have a cut scene. Have a two-on-one match. We just need something to, to bust this up, to break this things, because nobody wants a three-minute snorefest just watching a giant man do four moves. You could just, just show me a scene going, this man's strong, stronger than the others. And I'd be like, oh, okay, fair cop. Ooh. And, I, you know, maybe they are limited on talent. But, um, like, I love Chucky e. T and Sean Spears. But if one of them ate shit to uh, Brody Lee or Lance Archer and got in a bit of offense with their silly attitude or some of their cool moves, I wouldn't feel that they'd lost out because these other guys are massive Terminators on the current big push. But I would at least feel like Lance Archer or Brody or whoever had beaten someone, you know? And that's why squash matches are shit. We need to go to squish matches or crushes. <laughs> Things yep. I've invented mid-show. <laughs> Just hate them. Just so bored. Um, I, I think it throws back to what we said about the Kenny match. And exactly. The, the Ric Flair thing. Um you beat no one, you don't look like you're someone. If you make someone, you both look like somebody. Yeah. So now it's time for our discussion of the week. And Mr. Strange, you are going to lead us off this week. Oh, I'm in with the lead. Our discussion being who should be next uh, champion. There's two title champions now. So I should actually know the name of the main belt. The AEW us, World Champion. Lead us in, Strange. I've already fucked it. Who should be <laughs> the next AEW World Champion? I was going to say, who should be the champion? And I was like, oh, no, there's the TNT one now. We did that one the other week. 
So I had to have a bit of a think about this one because um, I know where I think the belt should go. But I know, but it's not where the belt should be next. Now, I think I've been quite critical of uh, Comrade Moxley and his hour belt champion run. Uh, I think I've ripped on him a bit. Our belt, Moxley, is it? And I know that the belt has to wind up on Hangman Adam Page. He's their first homegrown, big, meaty boy, face star who's got so over the crowd with punk and millennial shenanigans and seemingly remarkably deep plot work. Who takes the belt from Mox? It's got to be a heel because because uh, Moxley is a face and it is our belt and I can't see uh, uh, Stone Cold uh, <laughs> Luke Wolf, John Moxley, John Moxley. <laughs> yeah Stone Cold John Moxley um, drop in that so I've got three options um, and I'm quite keen on all of them so I, I'm going to put these out here and then you can give me yours and I'm going to see which one matches my one the best for the best situation here Choice one, MJF. One, he's got the shenanigans. MJF has not been sold at a power level where he can beat John Moxley in a one-on-one -on -one fight. But we know he's got the shenanigans. He's got the ring. He's got dick kicks. He's got the Wardlow who can throw a man real fucking far. It takes it from John Moxley's this is our belt to MJF's this is my belt. I have taken this from you and this belongs to me. And he can rub that in people's faces. The only problem with the MJF story and his attitude is you'd want Mox to win it back from him for the hour belt perspective. That's my only issue. When I look at the MJF taking it, he has to shit on somebody who then beats him back because MJF is a personal asshole. He's, uh, he's better at that direct plot where he can really fuck on someone. Second one, Kenny Omega. Now, I didn't want to do the top of the card, people. I've been thinking about this, and we've got the twitches of Dark Kenny. We've got the uh, we've got the people really wanting him to have this WWE style top of the card push. We've got uh, we've got the inevitable split in his tag team. So what if in all this breaking down, this being pulled between the two uh, between the elite and his partner? What if uh, what if he turns heel? What if he goes back to the best bout machine? You know the the fucking Cleaner is just smashing people left and right. Takes the uh, takes the belt. He's now the cleaner, evil NJP Kenny Omega, who people love. Obviously, this split, this losing of the title, this break in the tag team, smashes Hangman Page back down with those insecurities we've seen played. We've seen him be like, oh, but everybody else is champions, and I'm not, and I really want to be this champion. This split, this betrayal by Kenny can knock him back down until truly he realizes. He can be a champion, and he rises back up to uh, to take it from Kenny. Or alternatively, the third one, following a uh, run of terrible matches that I hope will become better, better matches, we've got Brody Lee, the Broadster. What if what if this just continues? What if this goes up and he keeps getting these numbers, these uh, these little mid carders and these uh, squash matches people? What if he? Uh, is able to separate Moxley and and do what um, 
what the inner circle couldn't. He can use numbers and cheating and such like to take the belt because this is our belt. This is the Dark Order's belt, and we are one. Just th those are my three ideas for who should have the belt next. Obviously, I think the Kenny one's got the most story, but I sort of sold myself a bit more on the Brody Lee one at the end there, if I'm honest, seeing as that was two lines of text on my notes. What do you think? Where are we going with your thoughts? Uh, so have you been looking at my notes? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just hacking through your computer. Um, so I have um, pretty much thought exactly the same as you. Oh. Um, that the belt needs to go to Hangman. Now, but there needs to be somebody between that step. Ah, it depends. Oh. So, so if Hangman turns heel on Kenny, yeah. Hangman can dethrone Mox and just become the prim prima donna who did it. I oh, don't okay. think, and I know that we've talked about, I, I did it without the elite. And that then leads on to Kenny dethroning Hangman. Oh, um, you've gone the other way over, around. Over a period of time. It, it all depends on which one of the two of them turns heel. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Um, I'm not so sold on that one because okay. I don't think... I, I know we've said, you know, the AW... Uh, you know, they don't care what the crowd do with their faces or heels. Um, the thing is... Jericho still stayed a heel and he will remain a heel because it's very much Jericho that does that with the crowd singing his, his intro music. But he's such a good heel that he can turn the crowd on him. I think uh, Hangman is actually, even with this, everyone is so behind Hangman, even with this twitching of... Because he's in the right. <laughs> well, it's not even that. I think it's just the fact they want Hangman to succeed. And if he did level Kenny, and Kenny went, well, I'm still a babyface, and Hangman went, well, so am I, I think the crowd would just buy into it. I, I don't yeah, think fair. we'd care. Um, I don't think we'd see it as a, um, a Hangman heel turn. I think we'd just see it as him dealing with these issues he's got. Damn these realistic advanced characters these, in storytelling. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> these complex know, emotional characters playing with these these demons, and it you know it can end up with a big hug out right at the end in another year's time when they reform the elite. So option, so that that's 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 the option I'm less keen on. So I'm not keen on Hangman turning face. The other option, the flip side one, is that Kenny turns heel, and yep. Hangman is the one to dethrone him need a longer run with Kenny and I don't want um I don't want Hangman sitting wait. About too long. I don't want him to wait too long because I don't want him to go off the boil. Now the classic with your world championship is you put it you always have it on a heel. Um because uh babyface chasing is better than a heel trying to dethrone but AEW doesn't have to play by those rules. It's anime um, 101. You need somebody um, who actually has a reason to fight to the top. Um, but you also have the fact that Hulk Hogan held the belt for many, 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 many years. Yeah, but that's not storytelling. That's but no, Hulk not, Hogan. <laughs> not, but not even, but not even necessarily backstage because he was the superhero that could fend off the bad guys. And, and there was the there was good. There, well, but there was good storytelling. I'm, to, I mean, going back to the times of like Sergeant Slaughter, etc. I'm just mad at what he did to Macho Man. Let's be honest. Uh, yes, but. Macho Man, from an in-character point of view, was brilliant. You know, specifically talking from in kayfabe, the storyline over a period of time 
Oh, he's wonderful. Uh, I, I love him. He's probably the only uh, classic wrestler I have fully like watched documentaries on and stuff. I don't. I... But yeah, he was the the uh, the not quite the always champion, but super face character. But what I was talking about actually a minute ago with uh, Rusev, you don't have to always be the champion slash at the top of the card to be a brilliant wrestler and a brilliant yeah. character. Um. So. So, yeah, I'm not quite keen on that one because I think if Kenny holds the belt, he needs to hold it for a long time and he needs to yeah, defend off a lot of people. Um, and I don't think other than maybe Derby and possibly some kind of weird thing with Cody where he's allowed to challenge for the belt that there's enough strong baby faces to go up against a heel Kenny. Cody's going to come out of Stardust to challenge for that belt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... My other option, um, as I said, have you been looking at my notes? Yeah. What I would do is uh, shenanigans. He's got Wardlow. Yeah. I would have um, MJF. Now, MJF is not ready to carry the company yet, I don't think. He's a great promo. Um, and he I think. Causes a lot work, of controversy. He would work really well. Yes, but he causes a lot of controversy. It's actually a good thing. So. Mox was better before he became the people's champion. When he start, he was better when he was actually being Stone Cold and not when he's become The Rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And not he, actually being The Rock. Um, you can't, you can't was, have The Rock's gimmick and act like Stone Cold. But yeah, um, you know, when he was doing the bit with Kenny and it was the, you've, you've caused this, when they wouldn't give him the... Um, the match. Oh, yeah, the first like bits of mock stuff were fucking cool. Like when his you... initial paradigm shift promo was baller. Yeah, and the whole you know I, I am not part. I am part of this company, but I don't listen to authority. Um, uh, and I think the trying to do the this is this is the belt of professional wrestling. Sorry, every time. Um, so I think MJF wins it. Um, at maybe um, a pay-per-view. They have four pay-per-views a year. He's holding it until the next pay-per-view. and He's he, comedy enough to sell that as well. You're right. Yeah, he can hold on to it. Um, I, I think I'd possibly have him using any type of cheap way to get out of everything. Um, you won't see the belt defended. Between. He's got a Wardlow who can literally throw a man into space. That's exactly sure. it. You can have a couple of people so he can wrestle. It can never be for the championship. He will wrestle against people like Darby and... He can uh, get himself DQ to keep a title. Colt Cabana. Well, he, I, I wouldn't even have him... I, I'd, I'd always have him go, no, I'm not putting it on the line. I'm not putting it on the line. I'm not putting until it on the line. Until he's forced to. Until he's forced to at the next pay-per-view. And... Before that, I'd have a number one contender, something like the Battle Royal thing they did before. Um, number one contenders match, or just have Hangman on an absolute tear, so he's the number one contender. Which is so you can also have MJF ducking the number one contender using every excuse possible, and yeah. that's when I would bring Hangman out, and I would have MJF have a very short run with the belt. Because, yes, long runs give the belt legitimacy, but actually having had a few champions helps. And MJF then gets the ex-world champion MJF added to his yeah, true. list. Um, but I wouldn't have... You've restored me more on it. 
yeah, I wouldn't have it. It's a long-term thing, short-term thing, ducking everything, really playing up the shit heel. Um, Wardlow, possibly even with Wardlow walking out on him right at the end, the old classic, oh. I've had enough of your shit now and not going to help. You know, I'm taking punches for you from Hangman. Maybe you've reformed the elite. Maybe they've sorted out all their shit. Um, so um, some variation on that, that Wardlow has had to keep going through shit. So eventually you can have Wardlow just walk out on him. That's Wardlow is stolen by EC3 as he joins the uh, the company. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And bang, Hangman Adam Page is your new champion and is a babyface champion who can then face off against all the heels they've got. Yeah. I'm with you. That's really good. So yeah, what do we think then? Overall, yeah, no, I'm with you. You've you've won me back to MJF with that. Um, yeah, no, no, you're right. It's. I think it's because I've not had chance to see MJF being at his top form again because he's such a fucking good character. Like he's he's infinitely lovable uh, as a shitty heel. Um, yeah, no, you're right. And and also, you can play with it as long as you want. If the crowd are enjoying it, you can keep it on him a little bit longer whilst Hangman gets angry. Uh, maybe it's Hangman who then brings the Elite back together because they've obviously got a split once he's the title champion, etc. And he regains his... Yeah, you can go in all manner of storytelling routes. It should be MJF. And that's probably why we had a hype video for him, let's be honest. Yeah, I think MJF would... But I don't think it should be a long run. I think it's a short run and he gets yeah. toppled. It's it's a way to transition from a babyface champion to a babyface champion. Yeah, and a better babyface champion. Um, Hangman is so much more of a stone cold than John Moxley is. And I enjoy yeah. his matches. So that's that's good for me. Um, I think if they give Mox some proper matches again, like they did against Kenny, you'd see a difference. I've just like I've watched a bunch of his matches. I've seen him in a bunch of the uh, shoot matches. Well, the more shoot style matches in NJPW against Ishii and stuff. And I can honestly say uh, I just don't really get it. But if the best Moxley match you can see is John Moxley versus Torianu in the G1 from last year in NJPW, um, Torianu is probably Japan's most powerful comedy wrestler. And it's phenomenal. Even if you don't watch the whole match, which I recommend you do, you should watch Moxley's promo afterwards. Well, his uh, post-match interview. It's fucking hilarious. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to ruin it, but that match is old. Because otherwise, I, I, I don't know. I think I just prefer a bit more flair in my matches than Moxley Punch Man and probably do underhook double arm DDT off a thing. Uh, he's always going to be better in the big hardcore matches, and that's why he had good matches against Jerry Janela. He should and... have just made a hardcore belt at the start when he was like, I don't want a championship, blah, blah, blah. I can't get my title shot. I just wanted him to walk in with his own made hardcore belt. And I was going to be like, and he'd be like, we fight for this on dark with Joey Janela and all that. And I was going to be like, shit. But I wouldn't no, have no. done that. Yeah, you could have had him just have his own, his own belt, like the Taz FTW belt or. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the million dollar belt that Ted DiBiase used to have. You're not going to let me fight for a belt? Fine, I'll make my own and we'll fight for it. And then Jimmy Havoc and all that lot could jump on top of it as well. It'd be wicked. So there you have it. Our pick for the next AEW World Champion MJF. Is, is MJF. 
though in reality it's actually Hangman Adam Page. Page. <laughs> <laughs> when we pre-discussed this, we both discussed that it would it had to be Page eventually. That he was important. But yeah, our our pick is MJF. So thank you all very much for listening. Um, quick apology to people on YouTube We're having technical difficulties. For some reason, last week's episode wouldn't upload on YouTube. If you only watch us on YouTube, you may or may not actually hear this um, apology <laughs> because it depends whether this week's episode will upload to YouTube. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Please do like, share, subscribe. We are Wrestle Opinionated, all one word, on Spotify and Anchor.fm. Uh, we are Wrestle Space Opinionated on YouTube. Uh, you can email us at wrestleopinionated at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, WrestleOP1, and join us on Facebook at WrestleOP. Over to you, Mr. Strange. Please do send in those uh, questions, things to discuss. Pretty much anything um, we can get gives us more to work with and hopefully more entertaining to you. That's what we're after. You've just got all the numbers. Send in whatever you want. Oh, well, this new booking game's pretty exciting, I'm not going to lie. Um, if you also wish to see a man-throwing contest between Wardlow and uh, Lance Archer, please do uh, bring it up on Twitter and, uh, you know, make sure AEW know that they've stolen that idea from me and I'm very upset about it. And they can know, reward me with free tickets when they come to England or something. But yes, thank you for listening. We do appreciate every single one of you. If you can uh, do all of the 12-year-old YouTube things, smash that bell, ring that like button, share it amongst your friends, make your nan listen to it, that really will help us. Uh, send in your questions. Thank you for listening. Back to more. So, goodbye and good night. <laughs>